I'm Callie. And I'm Rachel. And we are Pelvic Service Announcement. And we are back for Marky Mark's third trimester. He's getting so big. He is getting so big. Um, So if this is your first episode you tuned into the middle of a pregnancy series that we've been doing. We've been going kind of trimester by trimester. So we started with the first trimester and the second trimester, we named our fictitious child that we have been hypothetically growing. We named him Mark. He is thriving now here into his third and final trimester. He is here. It was funny. I posted on social media the other day of, you know, just kind of joking like, we're expecting, we're having a hypothetical baby. And I reposted it to like my personal account. And I had so many people respond and be like, I didn't listen to the whole thing at first and genuinely thought that you were pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. Hypothetical baby. So mom, if you're listening, I'm sorry to scare you like that. I'm no, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> no, it's just a bot. It's just a podcast baby. That is podcast it. baby. That's it. Completely, completely hypothetical. It just helped us get more into this project. <laughs> helped us to fall in love a little bit. Um, some of us more than others have fallen me. in love with the child. Um, I'm so obsessed with Mark. <laughs> he's not even real. Oh. Like no, like he's my baby. He's my child. Um, it's not good for me guys. Uh, my baby fever is just raging. I thought this would help. It didn't. It made it worse. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of my patients will bring their baby in today and I can pretend that it's mine. <laughs> so that's like a super cool part of our job that I feel like nobody talks about. Um, when you do pelvic floor, a lot of people you treat are moms and a yeah. lot of these are new moms who they are the babysitter. So everybody brings their baby not everybody but a lot of times people bring their babies in so we actually do a lot of baby holding I mean there's yeah it's the best part of my day (laughs) there's times I have moms doing squats and I'm bouncing baby on my hip it's a good time it's so much fun (laughs) we have fun here for sure so if you're a mom and you don't have a babysitter and that's what's stopping you from coming to pelvic floor therapy bring them yeah you'll make my day yeah we've even had the office babysit some like kids kids like four or five-year-olds they color it's a good time it's so much fun yeah okay but back to mark the child baby we are growing right now um we are in the third trimester so this is weeks 28 29 to the end of the pregnancy so it's just kind of that final developmental phase for mark um Rachel, you're going to die. He can he can see and hear right now. So in this time, he's he can see, he can hear, he can cry. I know. He can dream. So many. What does a fetus dream about? I don't know. I was wondering about that, too. Like, are they just dreaming about, like, their mom or? The sound. The sound. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's very dark in there. Yeah, I have no idea. Interesting. And they haven't no, really didn't. seen anything. Also, how did they figure that out? Right? Like, right. how how did they know? Maybe if it was, like, a premature baby and then they, yeah. like, were monitoring brainwaves or something and yeah. recognized they were I have no idea. Or, like, a fetal MR. I don't know. We, no idea. We did not do that research. No. But um, um, that is really cool. But, yeah. So, again, we have a lot of different types of fruits and vegetables that little Marky Mark is growing through at this point. Um, cucumber 
what if at week 30 he's the length of collard greens and i was like who knows how long collard greens it was like (laughs) they've got a tape measure they're like okay literally like how how is that our point of reference but but yep so a lot of what goes on in the third trimester is just growth and a lot a lot a lot of growth um and putting on muscle mass um even in the last like month they gain um almost like half of their birth weight i think in the last like two months so it's kind of crazy yeah um And then by week 36, the head starts to engage or drop into the pelvic areas called lightning, which is every, everything's starting to get ready for birth. Um, And this I thought was super interesting for many babies when they're born or at kind of this third trimester phase, the irises of the eyes are slate blue, Mm -hmm. but the permanent eye color does not appear until several days or weeks after birth. So if your baby has blue eyes and you're like, we all have brown eyes. What's going on? Don't don't panic. It, it's it, normal. Yeah, it's normal. Um, yeah, I just thought that was super interesting. Cats are the same way, in case you were curious. Oh, yeah, you are a cat mom. I am a cat mom and a cat grandmother, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when all those kittens came out, they were all had bright, bright blue eyes. So Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Pretty much at this point, we're really just waiting on the lungs to develop. Like, that was, like, the biggest thing. It was, like, week to week to week. It's, like, the lungs are better, but still not there yet. The lungs are getting there, but still not there. So the lungs are definitely kind of the last thing to really develop to that full maturity. Um, finally, kind of by around, like, week 39, week 40 is when they're really, really ready. Um, and so if your baby is born before that 39 ish week mark they might need just a little bit of help with breathing and they might have to stay a little bit longer um just kind of depending on how far along their lungs have developed and if they are having any problems with breathing and with respiration once they are into this world and sometimes if they know you're trying to go like your your body's trying to go into preterm labor they can give you some things like steroids and things like that to help babies long to develop quicker um and like we said that viability does come in about 24 weeks which is not ideal because they are not fully done cooking so to speak but um yeah if if they can make it the full term it's the lungs will be fully developed so yep super super fun you might feel him moving less just as he's growing more and more and more. Um, so you might feel him start moving less. Um, again, he doesn't have quite as much room to kick around as, as he once did. So, um, it was actually really interesting. There's this girl that I follow on Instagram and with her first son, she, she was like taking out the trash one morning and just like, had it just kind of hit her that she hadn't felt him move in a while and so she was like that's not right and I think she was around 34 weeks I think and so she was like that's not right like he hasn't moved in a long time and so was just doing everything that she could to try to get him to move so you can roll over drinking like really cold water getting some good movement like moving around she just like could not get him to move and so she called her 
her doctor and I think she was supposed to go in at that, that day anyway. And they were like, come in now, let's just take a look at things. Um, sure enough, baby was in distress and they had to induce her and she gave birth and she was like, if I hadn't listened to my body, like if I didn't like, she's like, I just knew in my gut that something was wrong. And if I hadn't listened to that, I could have jeopardized my baby. So definitely to all you pregnant moms out there, pay attention to your baby's movements. Nobody knows what they feel like other than you. Nobody else is carrying that child. So if you know what is normal for that baby and things start to not be normal, or if you have any concern at all, call your doctor. You are the mother. You do know best. Like that is, that's a fact that, that maternal instinct, that is a thing. So, oh yeah, we, we might've even talked about this in our neuro class. I don't know, but I have seen like actual research and I don't have it in front of me because I did not know we were going to talk about this, but there is actual research behind like a mother's intuition, women's intuition. It's a real thing. Oh, I think it was in that hormonal book I read. It's anyway, there's, information out there that says that's a real thing like don't let anybody make you feel crazy because you're like oh I just feel something is off usually especially as a mother if you're feeling like something is off listen to that worst case scenario you were right and you go get it taken care of best case scenario you just got checked up and everything was okay so good good point there always always listen to that um I also thought it was interesting that around this time, the fetus is actually producing its own heat. And so moms can start to get really, really uncomfortable in this third trimester. Not only is baby growing, little Mark's getting a lot bigger, but he's also producing his heat. So if you've ever seen like a pregnant woman like dramatically fanning herself, it's because this little baby inside is also producing heat. So he's, he's literally cooking. It's an oven. <laughs> <laughs> so that can really just kind of increase mom's skin temperature, make her feel hot, make her feel uncomfortable. Um, my mom always like told us jokingly, like don't have your babies in the middle of the summer. Like yeah. make sure you're not doing it. She was like, it's miserable. And I used to be like, what is she talking? Like, what are you just like bigger? So you feel hot. And after reading this, it makes sense. She's yeah. like, no, you get so hot. It's miserable. Do not have your babies in summer. And I was like, oh, interesting. Good to know. Good like, to Thank know. Thank you for that. She knew what she was talking about. Um, if you've listened to any of our like bladder episodes, we've talked about urinary frequency and what is normal. Okay, when you have a eight, nine, seven pound human pressing on the bladder, I'm going to give you a pass. If you're going more than every three hours and I'm your therapist, I'm going to allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> um, just because we can't, can't really fight gravity on that one. No, and it's if you watch like a video of, you know, they, they have a couple of videos of just the progression of pregnancy and almost like they've kind of cut, you know, um, the the view that you're seeing is kind of like you're seeing inside the mom and so it's literally you can just kind of watch the the baby grow and how like the insides and the intestines how everything kind of shifts and moves around and everything like that and you see the bladder just get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and so yeah there's a lot of pressure on the bladder that can contribute to that frequency like literally it just doesn't have the same volume that it did pre-baby so you get a pass for yes. urinary frequency and urgency. No, again, leaking is not normal. We can help with that. But you get a pass for everything else. Yes. Yes. 
Um, so I wanted to touch a little bit more on what's going on with Mark or with mom because exciting things are going on with Mark. Like he's, he's growing. growing. He's so excited. He's about to get to come into the world and meet us all. But mom may not be feeling quite as hot. So much is happening. Yeah, so much is happening for mom. That relaxing hormone is coming back to prepare our ligaments and our joints to allow Mark to come into the world because it's very small openings he's got to make his way through. So we want all the help from that relaxing hormone possible. However, in preparation for this, it doesn't just go to the uterus and the pelvis. I mean, those hormones are circulating through the whole body, which means your back is going to have a little bit more of that laxity, putting you at risk for back pain or hip pain or sacroiliac joint pain or all kinds of pains and aches kind of coming along with just your center of gravity changing, more muscular demands on your body, plus now relaxing is making everything loosey-goosey. If you are in moderate discomfort, some of that's normal. But if you're in pain, like actual pain, you're not getting any relief from that, from that, that is not normal. And that's something we can actually help with. And Rachel and I both love working with you pregnant women. We lo- I, I love, it's there's nothing more fun than a pregnant woman, which not when she comes in, but when she comes in just being miserable, just like I, my back hurts, my hips hurt. And then we spend this whole treatment session working and she's like, I feel so much better. You can just see it. It's like some. Just like, see the relief. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So a common theme in this third trimester, it was like everything that I found, every like symptom that I, you know, had kind of come across was just like, oh, we can help with that. We can help with that. We can help with that. So rib pain is also super common. Just kind of some rib flaring. Again, as that baby kind of starts pressing up into the upper part of the abdomen, those ribs are going to have to expand a little bit. Um, again, we can also help with that as well. Just kind of breathing techniques, some rib mobilizations. I've even taped the ribs mm-hmm. before with some kinesio tape, um, which can also help a ton just kind of with that overall comfort. So so lots, lots of things. You don't have to just suffer through. Come see us. And it may be just like we see you a couple sessions and then you're established for when you have a baby, you come back in six weeks and exactly. we keep working. Um, another fun thing that happens and that you might want to keep an eye on is blood pressure actually can decrease in mom as that fetus grows and puts pressure on a vein that returns blood to the heart. So you might have heard people talk about just monitoring blood pressure in kind of, especially in that third trimester, making sure everything that's okay. Um, cause it should be a little bit lower. That's normal. If your blood pressure is higher and you start having really high blood pressure, that's something you want to keep an eye on. Make sure your doctor's aware of. It can lead to something called preeclampsia, which almost every pregnant person I think has heard of that. Um, and that's just when you have that really high blood pressure and it can actually put the baby at risk, put the pregnancy at risk. So want to make sure you're monitoring blood pressure pretty carefully. Make sure your doctor's monitoring that. And if you're going to your regular checkups, your doctor will be monitoring that. So um, you can also have an increased hair growth. The mother can during this time mm-hmm. due to all the hormones that are flowing through the body. So you might have some luscious locks. <laughs> in that third trimester yep you might start to have some braxton hicks contractions which we've talked a little bit about before they might get a little bit more intense at this point um 
Definitely talk to your doctor about signs and kind of symptoms of preterm labor. Mm -hmm. And during this time, you definitely want to solidify your birth plan as well. So making sure that everything is lined up, you know, who's going to be there, you know, um, you know, how you want things to go. Do you want medication? Do you not want medication? Water birth, natural birth, everything like that. Um, that way they can kind of get everything ready for you because it's, it's almost go time. It'll be, you know, any day now, any week now, kind of get into that point. So having that plan solidified is going to help because um, you never know when you are going to go into labor. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that might happen is that colostrum starts to form. Which I was is just like, about to oh, talk about that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, would you like to take it away then? Sure, sure. Um, so colostrum is the first form of breast milk that is released by the mammary glands. This is liquid gold, baby. This stuff is phenomenal for the babies. Um, it is super high in antibodies and antioxidants that help to build that baby's immune system. And it also establishes a healthy gut by coating the intestine. Like that's the first thing that they are ingesting after they come out of the womb. Um, and so it also has laxative effects that can help pass that first poop of the baby. Um, easy to digest, helps prevent low blood sugars, everything like that. So um, I've actually, I actually found that this can start appearing by week 32 um, at this point. So me in my mind, I was like, okay, well, if I'm starting to produce this at week 32 and my baby's not due for another eight weeks, I'm going to pump this and get as much of it as I can because colostrum is only produced for about five days after the baby is born. So there's a very short window of time for the colostrum to actually like for you to actually provide that for the baby. However, speak to your doctor about removing or expressing and expressing is a basically hand pumping, um, that colostrum out of the breast before labor. Um, it does carry some risks like premature contractions and premature labor, but it may be safe for you to collect and store that for the baby before he actually gets there. So something to talk about to your doctor. Cause yeah, I was like, I'm going to save all of this if I can. I am mind blown right, right? now. I had no idea you could, you just like changed my whole life. Oh my <laughs> well, cause I was like, I was like, it's, you know, it comes on as early as week 32. I'm like, okay, so we got two months until that baby's there. And if it's only present for five days after he's born, but it has all these amazing, amazing yeah. benefits, like let's save it. But, and so that's why I, what I Google, I'm like, can you pump that? Like, can you stay yeah. that? Can you store that? So definitely talk to your doctor about it. If you do start to have colostrum being produced that early, um, again, just to make sure that there's not going to be any risk to you or to the baby of going into preterm labor. So mind blown that is wow yep. 10 points to rachel thank you that was way more than i had on it um my only <laughs> i kind of got down a rabbit hole with it i was no, like wait this is so interesting Rachel's like hold on <laughs> what's gonna happen um yeah that's that's super super fascinating just like we kind of started to see in the second trimester, we're going to have even more increase in vaginal discharge front during that third trimester. Just got more blood flow, got more fluids going on. You also may start to have a little more mucus in that vaginal discharge. Again, completely normal. No need to panic about that. It's just all part of the process. Now, if it's like a mucusy plug, yes. if it's like a big, thick I don't know how else to describe it. Oh. <laughs> Callie's not doing well over there. <laughs> oh, man. If it's a lot. 
that could be a sign that that mucusy plug has come out and down and labor is beginning. Um, so that passage of the plug is usually kind of what precipitates the water breaking. Um, so you might be in labor. Mm. That's exciting. Super fun. Super fun. Um, so what do we want from the pelvic floor hmm. during this time, during the, the third trimester? Yes. We, again, cannot reiterate this enough. Pelvic floor does not push out the baby. Pelvic floor relaxes to allow baby to pass through. So there's a lot of really awesome stretches and poses and ways that you can start to prepare your pelvic floor for birth. Um, one of the, my favorite is diaphragmatic breathing, making sure best. you've got a good understanding and feel for what pelvic floor rest feels like um so that when that baby when you are giving birth especially if you're you know having an unmedicated birth or whatever where you can feel everything being in tune enough with your muscles to know am i relaxing or am i tightening where i'm gonna you know inhibit the passage of baby through these muscles just kind of thinking through that so diaphragm breathing there's stretches child's pose is phenomenal the best um and what's great is a lot of these stretches we will give you especially if you're in therapy it'll work on some of the pain you're having and discomfort as well um one of my favorite things to do with my pregnant ladies to start getting that pelvic floor rested flexible moving is get them on a big yoga ball and just roll out that pelvic floor it is the best the amount of pregnant ladies that i have had on that yoga ball and them being like where can i buy one of these and then immediately leave the clinic and go to the store and buy one like it's insane they feel phenomenal i have patients that aren't pregnant on there all the time and it's just it's just a good like facilitation of that flexibility mobility that rest all good things all good things also at this point you can start doing what's called a perennial massage that was my next point uh, look at us we're Wait, on a roll we today li- we literally did not discuss this we don't ever do that. at all <laughs> we just fly by the seat of our like we both prepare pretty extensively on our yeah. own but then together it's just like hey we're on fire today let's go i, I love, love it. it so perennial massage is You might have to go back to our anatomy episode if you need a quick refresher. So with kind of the anatomy of the groin, the perineum is the overarching term. There is a space, a piece of skin um, in between the vaginal opening and the anus. Um, I think it's also called the taint. I think that's a very crude. Yeah, I think that's (laughs) kind of the more common. No, definitely (laughs) not. That's the more that's the slang term for it. So just in case you needed that to know what we're talking about, just in case your anatomy knowledge came from a junior high boy. Yep, like like most of (laughs) mine did before PT school. (laughs) (laughs) It's the taint. That's what we're talking about. So that spot, it's technical term is the perennial body that space is usually what gets torn or cut during that child delivery process and so with the perennial massage you basically it's almost exactly what it sounds like is you basically just start rubbing that area um 10 ish minutes not don't have to go super long um you can even insert a thumb like up to like your fingernail length thumbnail length um 
and just kind of start pressing down and just kind of working that area back and forth and just essentially stretching that opening a little bit, which can help prevent any perineal tearing or the or the need for mm-hmm. an episiotomy. I read a study on this um, and it showed that the greatest effects were starting kind of in this third trimester and the way to get the most benefit and reduce your chance of tearing is by doing this a minimum of three times a week. There was no benefit to doing it more than three times a week. Perfect. But you needed to do it at least three times a week to kind of get that therapeutic effect. One of my favorite ways to kind of show patients how to do this is, I mean, there's a lot of techniques, but um, I always tell them to get something warm, whether that's coconut oil, whatever, some kind of warm vitamin E oil is also really good. Something kind of warm because cold kind of shocks our system we draw up this is another relaxation exercise so use that warm oil and put both of their thumbs up to the like base of the fingernail about what rachel said and start at the center and kind of move out in like a u motion yeah kind of like a w yeah yeah and just really and you can start gentle and then get like slightly more you don't have to be super super aggressive but just feel a gentle stretch and just start prepping that area to birth little baby mark I've also had patients do this after delivery, mm-hmm. after, you know, six to 10 weeks postpartum, if they're still having pain along that incision and along the scarring, this can absolutely help with some of that like residual healing and some scar tissue mobility. We've talked about scar tissue buildup in the perineum specifically in the past and how big of an impact it can have on the pelvic floor muscles. So that's definitely something that we look at postpartum for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Sometimes I'll even recommend to to patients if they, especially they have a spouse they're really close with, they're trying to include them in their recovery process. I'm like, you lay down, get comfy, have your, teach your spouse how to do this. I'm like, bring them in. We'll go over the handout together. Um, And that just, you know, it's one less thing you have to do. You can relax. Exactly. You can focus you, on your breathing. You can do your diaphragm breathing while they help work on the tissue. Um, but again, it's whatever my moms are comfortable with is yeah. typically what I recommend. So um, we can also do some things. We can, in pelvic floor therapy, if you're having a ton of back pain, we can teach you ways to support the back, try and get those muscles activating. If it's kind of the point we're just trying to do damage control until the baby's born, depending on what kind of pain you're having, there's things we can do like belly bands or SIJ belts, just depending on the pain and the problem. I know I mentioned those in the first in the episode on the first trimester, but I like cannot recommend them enough. Like I still want to get one just for me because it's so comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> They're fantastic. They're absolutely fantastic. But yeah, and kind of depending on what's going on, um, like Kelly said, it might be just a little bit more kind of maintenance mm-hmm. um, until that baby gets there. And I had one patient not too long ago and I pretty much told her, and again, anatomy episode refresher if you need it but um that pudendal nerve and I told her I was like I'm pretty sure your baby is just like bouncing up and down on that thing like a tightrope and just making it its own little guitar string and I don't so we did a lot of stretching and diaphragmatic breathing we did a lot of nerve glides um and just kind of neural mobility stuff in the pelvic floor and um it would work great for like she'd be fantastic for like a couple of days and then the next time I'd see her she'd be just kind of back in the same amount of pain so um 
but again, you know, definitely we can, we can get you that relief and just kind of, again, you know, troubleshoot, make sure that you're not in excruciating pain every single day leading up to that delivery. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was funny. She sent me a picture of him after he was born two weeks early and I was like, that's the size of a toddler. Like no wonder (laughs) you were in pain. You're like, now I understand. Now we understand. Now we get it. All right. Well, we reached out to you guys on social media and wanted to know what question did you have? Did you guys have any cold stories? Um, we got some really fun, interesting questions. My per- One of my personal favorites, the one I got, I want to read this verbatim because it's actually hilarious just the way it was worded. Um, somebody asked me, oh my goodness, let me get there. Okay, they said, how do you avoid the rip, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And I just loved the rip. Like, it just sounded so, like, dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Terrifying. The rip. The rip. (laughs) Um, So, a couple of things. Getting the pelvic floor rested, relaxed, mobile, flexible in preparation is huge. Number two, perennial massage, getting that tissue as flexible and everything as possible um and then really just talking with your provider making sure like they know you really don't want an episiotomy or a cut or an episiotomy unless it's medically necessary all those things um I've heard birth position like the position you give birth in can help however I am not a professional on that but in a couple weeks maybe somebody who is will be on here to talk about Mm. these things so a little teaser for you guys just maybe what's to come um we're not excited about it at all not at all (laughs) so more on birth positions later but just really making sure the pelvic floor the body and all that are flexible mobile and ready because passing a baby through that area is no small feat and like we've mentioned before some tearing may occur and that's Tearing is always better than the cut or the episiotomy, just the way um, in terms of fiber healing, tissue healing, you want to rip instead of being cut if possible. Yeah. I tell my patients, I'm like, as gruesome as it sounds, like it is actually better to let yourself tear um, just because you're only going to tear as much as you need to, Mm -hmm. as much as that baby needs to get, to get out. Whereas with an episiotomy, a lot of times they just cut you hold a hole and don't think twice about it. So, um, or at least that's what I've seen. Yeah. Less and less, I'd say in the more recent um, the more recent months, the recent births that my patients have had, um, which is definitely nice. So, um, yeah. Another question that, um, we had, and we'll get into this a little bit, um, in our next couple episodes, but, um, is a doula a benefit or just someone extra? Hmm. So, Hmm. So, and we'll get into this a little bit more, but basically the difference between a midwife and a doula, um, a midwife has medical training. They are medical professionals. The one that we have, or one of the ones that we have here in town, um, she is an advanced nurse practitioner. So she is able to step in and intervene and provide medical care during that delivery process. If you do choose to have that baby at the birthing center, a lot of midwives do have like practice privileges in other hospital settings as well. 
So that's also something to consider. Are you going to give birth in the hospital? Is that midwife going, do they have privileges there at that hospital? Are they going to be to be able to be there in the first place? Um, or are you going to do, you know, go the, go the midwifery center, the, the birth center route? Um, Whereas a doula, a doula does not have medical training. Um, at least in the state of Texas, there is no requirements as to certifications or extensive coursework or anything like that. Um, so that is also something to keep in mind. Um, a doula is there basically for mom. And I think that's really cool and can be really, really helpful for the mom as well. Because pretty much the rest of that medical team, they're like, all right, let's hear for baby. Like, we're going to get baby out. Like, what's baby doing? What's baby doing? The doula is very much there to assist the mom and make sure that her birth plan goes how she wants it. Um, but again, they do not have medical training in that sense. So if you are only going to a doula, if you only have a doula, um, something to keep in mind if there is an emergency, if something does happen, if it's not a very, um, you know, typical straightforward sneeze and that baby pops out healthy as can be kind of delivery process, that is definitely something to consider. Yeah. And the doula, like the bet, the way I've explained it to people that have asked me, she is, she's like mom's cheerleader and advocate. She is helping you through this. It's like whatever you need. If say you want to get up and walk around and the doctor's like, no, you need to stay in bed and you're panicking. She's like, oh, I have to do what's best. And the doula's like, no, hold on. Let's have a conversation. She just advocates for you. And I know a lot of moms sometimes feel like they don't have a voice in hospital births just because they're scared. They'll take doctor's words at law. Doctors mean well. I'm not, no, I think we have some phenomenal OBGs here in town, but it's like sometimes the mom can just get nervous and want to see the doctor more or whatever. And the doula is there just as kind of that go between help mom through things while everyone else can focus on baby. Exactly. Um, Okay, I'm going to read this, a story we got. Um, this was pretty intense. So this person, we asked for birth stories too, and this person said, I was induced less than three weeks early due to high blood pressure and was hooked up to Pitocin and another medication for the majority Cervidil, thank you, for the majority of my 44-hour labor. Don't worry, I had an epidural for the crazy parts. My body wasn't nearly ready at all, not dilated at all, and it took a while for the medicine to kick my labor in. My big-headed, healthy little guy was delivered 2.5 weeks early at a healthy size and weight, and I received a small cut, which I wasn't a fan of the stitch discomforts, but I'm glad they healed properly. And then she also said, crazy fact, I didn't get an in-person six-week postpartum check because it would have been two to three weeks into the COVID lockdown. I want so much research on postpartum care during COVID because it is insane. It is insane. So I'm like, I am so curious about how postpartum has changed and how postpartum care has changed since the COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, and we'll get into this next episode. I'm very excited about it. Or after we talk about labor and delivery, but um, I was at a webinar Um, or at least like tune into a webinar that was about C-section recovery and how physical therapists are aiding in C-section recovery in the hospital setting. Um, Because a lot of times it's like, okay, you get that C-section. It's like, okay, so you have a lifting restriction. You can't lift more than 10 pounds, um, but here's your eight and a half pound baby and your five pound car seat and your six pound baby, baby bag. Good luck. Yeah. Bye. 
I'm sorry, what? And of course, during COVID, like there were moms that came in that had tested positive for COVID while they're in labor and then they can't go see their baby. Yeah, They have to be quarantined from their baby that they just gave birth to for two weeks because they did. We have no idea how, how COVID affects infants, how, how it affects Mm -hmm. newborns. There, there's just things that we just don't know. And so that was one of the big things that they talked about was like, that can be part of your therapy session. Like get, get up and walk. That's what inpatient physical therapists do a ton is just ambulation and walking guess where we're going to the nursery let's go see your baby even if it's through a window even if you can't hold them you can at least lay eyes on your baby and so that's just that's my soapbox that I did not realize that I had but okay so you mentioned the lifting restriction and I have to tell this story um I knew somebody who they had an 11 pound baby um She's thriving, doing well, but they were sending her home from the hospital. She had it naturally, no C-section, and they, like, they're telling them all the things, because that's kind of what they do. It's like, okay, here's your baby, here's whatever, goodbye. They're like, no lifting anything over 10 pounds, and she's like, uh, and just kind of like, she's like, uh, my, they're like, well, other than your baby. And it's just like, great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, but yeah, things are kind of crazy. And I had several patients in the middle of that COVID craziness who came in and they had had home births. And they told me the whole reason they had, they were like one of them, she was a NICU nurse. And she was like, I was all for like hospital births. That's sure. the safest way. But then COVID happened and she was hearing those stories of moms being separated for two weeks or no one could be there. Like husbands couldn't even be there. Yeah, like, they had to do this on their own. Yeah. And she was just like, I was not prepared. Like I wanted my mom there and my husband there. I, I was not prepared to do this on my own. So they decided to go the home birth route, even though that's not something she would have ever mm-hmm. chose. And she loved it. Good. Like, it was like the most positive, awesome experience. Um, she used a midwife here in town who... I've heard nothing but good things about. So if you any of you need a midwife recommendation, I've got one. We've got um, one for you. <laughs> but yeah, that was a big a big trend I noticed, and that I had talked about with a couple of people was a lot of people had switched to midwife home births during COVID with all of the restrictions, and they were like, it was actually kind of great. I felt safe. I felt secure. So something to consider, and I think moms especially nowadays something that's so awesome is there's so many options out there and you can do your research and figure out what how do I want to give birth how do I want to bring my child into this world um not to say that that will necessarily go as planned because you know birth is birth and it still can be crazy but you still have some options you have some decisions you can make you do get a say in this it's not just like it's not just lay down flat and push yep. anymore. And I think that that's really good and very empowering to a lot of women because, and again, we'll get into birthing positions and everything like that later, but like that's, it's, there's a lot more options out there for you yeah. than, the, than there were in the past. And we're really starting to understand like mom's comfort is number one priority during this process, because if you're freaking out and if you're not comfortable or, um, you know, if, there's a lot of emotional distress happening right now. Yeah. And if that's not being addressed, then absolutely that's going to affect the birthing process as well. And I have so many questions for a guest we're going to have on, but I saw this, I read this article that was talking about if you've ever noticed when animals, like if you ever watch a cow or goat or whatever, go give birth, they go off by themselves yeah. to like a quiet, secluded area. Whereas humans, when we give birth, we are in a 
hospital setting, surrounded by strangers, bright lights, bright sounds, not mom's not resting good. And the study was basically saying there is a link to more birth complications with hospital births versus like an area where mom feels safe and secure. And I'm not saying if you have a hospital birth, you're doing the wrong thing. I think it's just all about figuring out what is the right fit for you. And this third trimester is the good time to solidify that. Maybe you're doing research during your other trimesters. This is the time to really figure it out. Have your birth team, whether that's your OBG at the hospital or a midwife and a doula or a doula at the hospital or at your home with a midwife or at a birthing center with a midwife, whatever it is, um, you get to decide that. I know a photographer who actually was present and photographed a water birth. And so it's oh, like, that's fun. do you want, do you want a photographer? Do you want a photographer? Do you, are you like, I don't need to ever see that again. Are you <laughs> like, this is beautiful. I mean, it's just, that's, what's so cool about this day and age is you get to decide what you want to, to an extent. Yeah. So very, very cool. Um, do you have a patient one? No, you go first. <laughs> okay. Um, so my patient win is I am, I've been working with a patient. This, is, this isn't pregnancy related, but I just think this is super cool. I've been working with a patient, um, for quite a while, not quite a while, but we've been working and there was some past trauma. And so she's been seeking therapy, been doing some other like mental health therapy in conjunction with p- pelvic floor physical therapy and has made huge progress and it wasn't really we didn't really see that like turn the corner until we brought you know that mental health aspect to it and it was just huge to me I I had to fight kind of not to get emotional during it just because I just love watching these patients all patients succeed but it's it's awesome when when patients are getting the help they need from me for the physical aspect then we're combining that with the mental health aspect and i just see these patients getting healthy in every aspect of the word and so i just thought that was super awesome oh that's lovely that's lovely yeah this is definitely like a multidisciplinary approach Mm -hmm. um we've talked about it you can carry stress in your pelvic floor the same way you carry stress in your shoulders your forehead your jaw and so if you're not addressing where your stress levels are at then that's absolutely going to affect your your progression in therapy and physical therapy and you know mental health counseling everything so yeah um my patient when um I actually just 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 discharged her the other day because she literally does not need me anymore. Um, but she's doing so so well and was um, she came back and she was like, I've been able to go confidently without a pad or a penny liner for days at a time out in public, which she had never done before. She was like, you know, a lot of that nervousness with dealing with leakage is like, is this going to happen in public? Mm-hmm. And so she was like, I, I always wear a pad or a penny liner when I'm, you know, when I go to work or when I go out in public. And she was like, I've been able to go without it for weeks at a time. Um, and she was, she was like, okay, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. I wasn't like super great with my exercises but even though she wasn't consistent with doing her exercises every single day she still didn't have a relapse she still didn't have a return of her symptoms so that is beautiful and I said yeah you literally don't need me anymore goodbye have a nice life I have such a love-hate relationship with discharges because I love it because I'm like we got 
got to that, but it's like, oh, I'm going to miss you. I know. I'm like, we have so much fun hanging out. But it's Come so back. fun to see that change in people that you talked about when they go from, oh, I got to put a paddle, like just stressed about the incontinence to just like the freedom you can you, see. And you could see it all over her face. She just had the biggest smile oh. on her face when she was telling me. And like, I could just tell just from when we started therapy and granted, we only started like a few months ago. Like she did fantastic. She nipped this in the bud fast. Um, but just kind of the difference of, you know, just kind of her demeanor and her just presence yeah. and her body language at the very beginning to how it was the other day was just like night and day. And like, you, she just looked like a different person. Oh, so that's so awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Okay. Well, I'm going to take the PSA because it was one I just realized from this episode. Um, if you're pregnant, if you're in the third trimester and you are producing colostrum, Talk to your doctor about pumping and storing that. Heck yeah. And if they say it's safe and they encourage it, go for it. Because that's it. the coolest thing I've ever heard in Isn't my entire so life. Cool. Liquid gold, baby. And it, it looks gold too, by the way. It's very yellow. And it's also a little bit thicker than yeah. typical breast milk. Just going to throw that out there. So I am just like shook to my The body is amazing. The body is so. The I, body is amazing. Every episode I'm like, okay, the body. <laughs> I, how did we do that? I'm like, how is the body? That's it. That's my question. Just how? How is the body? <laughs> Okay, um, so thank you guys for coming on. Next week, we're going to talk about labor and delivery. I'm so excited. Super, super excited. Marky Mark is here. Maybe, He's coming. Maybe talk, a, get a, a little into postpartum, things like that, what you can expect, and then get excited because big things are coming big after things. that. Big, exciting things. So thank you guys for listening. Um, hope this was informative. Hope it was fun. Hope you guys have enjoyed hearing about Mark grow as much as Rachel has enjoyed growing Mark. <laughs> I can't wait to meet him. Oh man. Um, feel free to follow us on social media, like, and subscribe to the podcast just to make us more visible. Sometimes we ask for questions, but at any time, if you guys have any questions, please, Anything at all. yeah, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, also, one more fun fact that somebody wrote in and told us, May is Pelvic Pain Awareness Month. Yes. So I thought that was super fascinating. So if you have pelvic pain, it's Pelvic Pain Awareness Month. Come see us. Please and thank you. Thank you.